Connecticut Democrats, or Connecticrats, as they have never been called. Welcome back, everybody, to Connecticrats, the CT Democrats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Cerulli. This week, I am flying solo as we try out a bit of a new format on the podcast. Dave and I will be taking turns interviewing municipal candidates across the state of Connecticut in the lead up to the elections this November. Kicking things off this week, I sat down with Roberto Alves, who is the Democratic candidate for mayor of Danbury. And the race in Danbury this year is such a crucial race to turn a city, believe it or not, from having a formerly Republican mayor uh, to having a Democratic mayor. And Roberto, I think, is the perfect guy to do that. And you'll see in our conversation, we talk about everything from his background to his vision for the Hat City, all the way to uh, you know planning a trip to Danbury if you've never been there. So... Uh, This was a great conversation. I hope you'll stick around for it, and I also hope you'll stick around in the coming weeks as we talk with many other great municipal candidates here on Connecticut's to CT Democrats podcast. All right, folks, I am so glad to welcome to the podcast our first in a long line of municipal candidates, candidate for Danbury Mayor Roberto Alves. Roberto, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Really excited to be here today. Well, we are great and really excited to have you as well. Uh, I want to start uh, real quickly with a bit of background on yourself. Um, as I understand, you're from the Danbury area um, and you're running for mayor of your hometown. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what encouraged you to run for mayor. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I've been in Danbury since I was five years old. Uh, my family immigrated here from Brazil. Uh, I was actually born in Portugal, but that's another long story. Um, but definitely uh, culturally Brazilian and Portuguese. But my whole life was Danbury. And growing up, my parents as immigrants, they just worked hard. They worked tremendously hard to give my sisters and I the life we have now. Uh, And through that family who didn't have much, who worked hard, and I saw them give to others when they had nothing. Um, And since that, that, that work ethic was put in me. Um, So as a child, you know, as one of the first people in my neighborhood or in our circle to really um, get a command for the English language, I was always um, in front of people, helping, translating. You know, here I am, a third grader in IRS offices, translating for immigrants who couldn't speak. And you grow up pretty fast. Um, and as I got older, uh, I realized the value of, you know, even more of helping others. And that kind of just mm-hmm. pushed me forward. And, and I'm sure there's going to be more questions here. Um, but that was the beginning. That's what kind of the catalyst. What kind? There's so many other reasons, but what kind of snowballed into me. Uh, wanting to run for mayor. I'm a city councilman in Danbury right now. I became a citizen in this country in 2017, actually. Um, wow. I tried to do it earlier because of the national politics of you know what we went through uh, in 16, as you can mm-hmm. recall. Uh, and it, it got pushed a little bit because of the delays. But in 2017, I just hit the ground running. I've been here since I was five, so I consider myself American. My immigration status was different when I was a child. Um, and I ran for office that first year in 17. I ran for city council. I lost, um, but I doubled down. I knew we had to work hard to get representation in our city. Uh, Danbury is a democratic city, but had Republican leadership. And, and I just kept fighting. I've been fighting for everybody. I've been fighting for an equitable and accountable government. And here I am now running for mayor. Wow, that's very impressive. And I will say no more American story than the, the son of immigrants uh, to become a citizen and, and want to give back to his community. So that's such an inspiring story. And you touched on it a bit there, but Danbury, people might think of Danbury as a Democratic city with Democratic legislators, um, but has had a Republican mayor for quite some time now, a name folks might be familiar with. So tell us a bit about the dynamics of the mayoralty in Danbury and why there's an opening right now for a Democrat uh, yourself to potentially become mayor in just a few short weeks. 
Thank you. Uh, um, it's a great, you know, great. Uh, it's part of the story, right? So it's a great question because we, we kind of have to talk about that and why we're here. We've had 20 years of Republican leadership in Danbury. Um, and there's a story of how it started back in 2001, you know, senior year of high school. Uh, Mark Bowen, who is now our Commissioner of Revenue Services, uh, was a state rep in the 138th district at the time. And he ran for mayor. And he won by, I want to say, I think I want to 137 or 143, give or take five of votes, right? Um, in a city that's always been Democratic. Uh, and he's been able to hold on. You know, he had a couple tough elections at the beginning. But then after that, it, there was almost a complacency. Our voter turnout was just incredibly low. Um, something that upsets me. And I hope we can encourage people to turn out and keep turning out in local elections. But even through running for governor three times, you know, folks in Danbury were just you know, okay with stat quo. Uh, they were able to do just enough to keep you know, either a low turnout or keep people coming, just a few people coming back to them. In 2019, the year I won my first election for city councilman, there was, you know, we thought we were getting excited and get a big turnout. We barely hit 40% turnout. Uh, and Mark yeah. won by 1300 votes then. Uh, so that that's, you know, where we are um, now, mm -hmm. because Mark is no longer a mayor. He's I mean, I call him Mark. I apologize. But our commissioner Bowen, uh, commissioner of revenue services um, and our current mayor, who was the city council president, decided not to run. We will have the first open seat election in Danbury in 20 years. And wow. Danbury is a large city, right? We're uh, for Connecticut. We are our seventh largest city. Uh, we are Democratic on paper. Uh, we vote Democratic for president. We vote Democratic for congressional candidates. Uh, we did take back our state Senate seat that, you know, Democrats have usually won in past elections, but other surrounding communities are the reason we've mm -hmm. given it to Republicans. Uh, so the Democrats have been chipping away and, we, and we've been winning again here. Uh, and we're excited about, the, you know, the promises of November here. It, it looks very good for us. And we're going to flip this city blue. Well, we all certainly hope so. And the viewers certainly hope so. Um, I want to ask a question to you, which is, when you're out talking to voters, knocking on doors, making phone calls, and I'm sure interacting with voters on social media as well, uh, what are some of the top issues they're talking to you about, and what are your some what are some of your priorities as you run for mayor? Great, thank you for asking that. Um, right off the bat, I, I think the number one thing we hear at the doors that we knew even going into it, and it was just solidified by the operation we have on the ground, is education. Uh, we have one high school, which is the large public school, which is the largest high school in Connecticut. We have the lowest per pupil expenditure uh, in the state of Connecticut. We are 169 out of 169. Uh, and we, we feel like we shouldn't be dead last in anything. It's not a knock on any other community that may be one or two higher than us. It's just where Danbury has the ability to invest more in its students. Um, but and the result of this underfunding, we see it every day. You mentioned social media. We see pictures all the time of how crowded our schools are, kids who can't get to classrooms fast enough. And I encourage anybody who's listening um, to just Google, you know, uh, Danbury schools and see for yourself the shape and the state that it's in. Um, and with education is the bedrock of what we want to do. And, you know, I use that Google term to research our schools because without a good education system, we can't fight for the other things that our community needs. We want better jobs, we want better roads. And education is the bedrock of that. Because when you research our schools, it doesn't tell the real story of some of the great work our teachers and our administrators are doing, but it's the result mm -hmm. of an overburdened system. One of, the one of the most diverse schools in the state, you know, Danbury is one of the most diverse communities in the country. Uh, our high school alone has over 50 native languages. Uh, 
so we we, wow. we really want to invest in our schools because if we invest in our schools i know we can attract better employment because when companies are looking to move right or expand or do anything new that's going to create new workers or go somewhere new one of the first things these organizations look at is the education system so by investing in our education system, uh, Danbury as the regional hub here for Northern Fairfield County, we're gonna create jobs, jobs that aren't just good for Danbury, they're good for our surrounding communities too, in Ridgefield, Brookfield, New Fairfield. Um, and what's good for Danbury is what's good for Connecticut. Uh, and that's why this race is so important. Um, as Democrats, we have to flip this city back to blue. We don't wanna give the Republicans any reason to show or any perception of success. Cause again, Danbury, we, some really challenging times in front of us because of the past year, 20 years of Republican leadership. So I encourage everybody who's listening to, you know, go to our website, alpsfordanbury.com, learn about us, reach out to us. And I'm so grateful to be on this podcast to be able to talk a little bit about Danbury. So again, I'm going to say this over and over, but thank you. Oh, no, we're, we're glad to have you here. And I want to just repeat again, that's alvesfordanbury.com where you can, I'm sure I was poking around your website before you can learn a bit more about Roberto and you can uh, sign up to volunteer and, and also maybe throw some, uh, throw some support uh, their way as well. You mentioned there a bit about the job market in Danbury, about about developing a school system that produces workers that can help the Danbury and the greater Danbury area economy. I feel like a lot of our listeners who maybe aren't from the, the greater Danbury area are mostly familiar with Danbury's legacy as, you know, the Hatters, right? The sort of old industrial city. Um, talk to me a bit about the dynamics of Danbury's economy today, um, because I think that is an issue that's you know sort of defining not just your city's future but the state's future is you know we have a very strong sense of where our past is uh you talk about the stanford area with financial services the hartford area with insurance uh, and the danbury area with manufacturing um but there's less of a certainty about the future um so right. talk a bit about that that future job market in your city yeah and the future starts with vision right um and we're both both campaigns here are throwing around the word vision um my argument is they've had 20 years to create a vision and here we are, you know, maybe even worse off than we were 20 years ago. And with vision in the definition of vision, there's the word imagination and you've got to have some kind of imagination to draw people. I think why, uh, we're lucky here in Fairfield County as, you know, or companies either get priced out or move and look to be closer to New York. We are the recipients of that. We understand that, right? You see Stanford doing great. You see Norwalk doing well. I argue why is in Danbury doing as well business-wise as some mm -hmm. of these communities? Uh, my opponents, the other side, they'll highlight Danbury's, you know, uh, record low unemployment and they'll say unemployment is at 4%. Mm -hmm. uh, it's easy to cherry pick stats to tell your story. So then I want, I have my stats. I tell a different story with that 4%. Yeah. Unemployment is low at 4%, but 60% of the Danbury workforce. So the population who lives in Danbury, 60% of them don't work here. Right. Mm. So when we say 4% unemployment, whose success is that? Is that Fairfield counties? Is that New York? Where are these people commuting? Because over half of them aren't working here at home. Um, and I, I want to change that. I want to have a dynamic where we have more folks working in Danbury, you know, spending their money at their lunch hours in our stores and our restaurants. Um, and how we do that again, it goes back to education because until we, you know, address the challenges in our educational funding, it makes it hard to attract other companies that might be looking at the Norwalk, Stanford, and other areas. Um, right. Because again, this is a Connecticut success story. I think we can do it together, but we have to create an environment that people want to be in. We have to invest in transportation. We have to invest in infrastructure and we have to invest in education to do that. And we can do it all together. I, I couldn't agree more with you. And as I, as I um, sit here, 
I'm a college student myself. Uh, this summer worked at the airport in New Haven on business development for them. Um, and one of the things I always think about with Danbury is, you know, comparing it to Norwalk and no shade to Mayor Rilling if he's watching this, but, you know, there are a few things Danbury has that Norwalk doesn't have. You have an airport there, you have a state university there. Um, how do you, do you plan on leveraging those assets of the city uh, to, you know, further the economic success of the city? Particularly, I'm interested in hearing more about uh, Western Connecticut, you know, as, right. a, as a college student myself at UConn, um, and also the airport, which I think is, you know, an asset to any city that has one. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because people tend to forget that we do have a university here in Danbury and our state schools in Connecticut are great. Um, and Western is known for their arts, uh, their, their, their theater, their music program, their nursing program and education program. Um, so we got to figure out what our draw is in Danbury. Um, and again, being the region city, I, I want to make some kind of arts and cultural hub where people are coming in for shows, people are coming in for that. And we can make a, we can have a relationship with our university. We have to leverage that partnership of our assets that are our assets that are already here. Um, so I want the community to be closer to Western, excuse me, <clears throat> I apologize for that, that we, we need a community that works closer with our college because we are a college town, but there isn't that synergy right now between both organizations and that starts the mayor's office. I've already reached out to some of the folks at mm -hmm. Western Connecticut. Um, and again, it's through community events, through marketing, working together to highlight that. It is critical we do. Um, and then with the airport, I agree. I mean, right now, but the, what, what we have is a small, you know, hobby airport. We have a couple shuttle flights. It's nothing like Tweet mm -hmm. or anything else. But it is something we have that others don't. Um, and just another, you know, area of things we have. You, you mentioned differences, things Norwalk has. That, uh, that Danbury has in North doesn't. One thing that comes to mind is when it comes to recreation is Terry Wild Park. Um, we have the largest municipal park north of Central Park. We're talking hundreds and hundreds of hike acres with hiking, picnicking, um, things where we can grow an urban core still have our, our suburbs type and the hours, outer city because we are the largest city in Connecticut land-wise. We are, you know, Stanford is just under us, but we have tons of green space and how, what else can we attract? Small employment, maybe co-working space. I was talking to an entrepreneur mm -hmm. now who wants to look to uh, do a co-working space uh, downtown. And how great would that be if we can attract, you know, college age kids who are getting these jobs who are remote working from home, but might want to have an area they can go into and just get some things done too. Um, and now they'll have a place where if we can create that urban core downtown, they have things to do on lunch breaks or, you know, things to do on the weekends, but then also have the physical activities they want to do. We want to make it a fitness city, right? Let's add bike lanes, let's add public areas um, and community oriented programs for working out in fitness because that brings community together. Highlight Terry Wild Park. Again, we have so many things here. We're just doing, we can do a better job in marketing our city. Yeah, I, I mean, all that sounds great. I know that this, particularly the bike lanes and the green spaces, that's going to be music to the ears of a lot of our listeners. Um, and I actually didn't know that uh, the, the parks in, in Danbury, the largest municipal parks uh, north of Central Park. That's interesting. Um, it, it sort of leads well into our last segment here, which is sort of the more fun segment, which is where I ask you, uh, whenever I have a, a mayor or a municipal leader on the podcast, I always ask them, help me plan a day in your city. Um, if I was going to, you know, drive, I live in Trumbull and I'm up here at stores right now. So if I'm driving uh, back and I decide to take sort of a more circuitous route and I go through Danbury, what would be a great afternoon uh, for someone who's really never experienced too much of Danbury, but who wants to see all that the city has to offer? Um, where are some great places to eat? And I think you just told me about some places I could go to, yeah. to walk and enjoy nature. 
so exactly right you can go for a hike uh at terry while it's a beautiful park a lot of history there uh we can go for a walk downtown we got great bones and architecture there too uh but honestly we can eat well here uh being one of the most diverse cities uh in the i remember wallet hub did a survey and ranked danbury 10th most diverse uh, we mentioned before uh, I, my family immigrated here from brazil we got you know amazing brazilian food we have great portuguese food we have great uh, we had the first thai restaurant in connecticut is in danbury bangkok over on route six a phenomenal pho restaurant we have food from all over the world ecuador dominican and again it's the melting pot uh, and i love if you ever came this afternoon uh, for an afternoon here we can just walk around we have to roll you back to trumbull um, because there's a lot to eat. Right? <laughs> yeah, It'll definitely be centered around that and our people. I, I think you would see that you know the friendliness here in Danbury. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll 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 burn some calories at Terry while eat, burn some more calories, and and just eat again. Yes, yes, <laughs> that uh, I, I definitely want to be on the positive side in terms of calories when I leave. Um, so <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I also just my own interest I, I recently caught on netflix the documentary about the, <laughs> i already know what you're gonna about, say here yeah you know what i'm about to ask and i'm sure the only reason i asked this because I, I was texting with a few friends saying i was i was interviewing today and they said you gotta ask him about the thrashers documentary yeah it, um, listen it was uh i think it it did a a great job at bringing danbury to the tv sets everywhere mm-hmm. um i think everybody will have an impression of if it was good or bad uh, or indifferent i think that uh, i'll talk about you know, AJ Galanti, the son, uh, and he has been doing a lot for our community. Um, I don't mm-hmm. personally know him, um, but I know a lot of folks have gone in and out of the boxing gym he has right now. He's helping kids out. Um, he's doing this. I, I know he grew up in a neighboring town in New Fairfield, um, but he is doing things for Danbury. Uh, he lives in Danbury now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, some of the kids that he's helping out and the things he's highlighting are just tremendous for the community. And we're really proud of, of the boxers coming through that program. Um, something else for you to do, right? You can burn more calories. We'll go to champs and, and jump some rope. <laughs> but I, I think it's, it's funny, right? That, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, with anybody, maybe my age and younger soon that Danbury is going to be known as a hat city anymore. It's going to be known as the city where the trashers were from. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think definitely Netflix is helping you out there. That and a, um, a couple insta. Well, I think I don't know if it was Twitter, or Instagram. When you have Drake wearing a Trashers jersey and guys like yes. that and rappers, <laughs> I think they yeah. had another rapper yeah. with a jersey on too. Yeah, and I, not to reference back to you know uh, one of the former mayors in Danbury, but you know having John Oliver there <laughs> with yeah. the, uh, that whole controversy was kind of funny too. But yeah, between Drake and John Oliver, a lot a lot of uh, um, attention being generated. So before we go, I want to give you an opportunity to tell our listeners how they can help you be the next mayor of Danbury. Um, you mentioned your website. Uh, you mentioned some ways they can support, but you know, talk to us a bit about what you need in the next few weeks to win. Well, I think like any campaign, you're going to be talking to a lot of municipal uh, candidates soon. So hopefully I'm, I'm getting a couple of you first money. Right. Uh, and I think any uh, good politician isn't going to be shy about asking for that. It takes money to get your message out, it takes money to get mail, to buy signs, to get on radio, to do all that. So if you if you want to donate and help us out, go to alsfordanbury.com to do that. Um, for those who can't donate and you, you want to give us some hours, make some calls for us in phone bank. We have been, you know, obviously leveraging, leveraging technology. We've learned in the past um, how we can do that for campaigns, clearly. And we do virtual phone banks all the time. You know, from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., we have somebody making calls, IDing folks to get them out to vote. Uh, and third, it's, 
uh, if you know anybody in Danbury, um, let them know. Talk about how important this election is, how important it is to flip a city blue. We are fighting not just for what's good for Danbury, but for our morals and our values as Democrats as well. Um, we've had a few Democrats here leave for the Republican Party, um, the party of Trump. Um, and that's it's insane to me that, that things like that are still happening in Connecticut. Uh, so help us flip this city blue. Um, let your friends know. Follow us on social media. All our handles are at Alps for Danbury. It makes it nice and easy. Um, share our stuff and get anybody you know out in Danbury to vote. And if you can help out, you know how to do it. Alpsfordanbury.com. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for sharing uh, so many great things about your city. And thank you for uh, stepping up and running. Roberto Alves is the Democratic candidate for mayor of Danbury. Uh, and he's joining us here on the Connecticut Democrats podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and best of luck. Thank you, too. Appreciate all you're doing for the community in the state with the podcast. Uh, just know it's appreciated here in Danbury. So once again, I just want to thank Roberto for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate uh, what he's doing for the city of Danbury and what he's doing for our, the Democratic Party. Uh, and again, we will be doing these interviews over the course of the next few weeks with more municipal candidates, uh, maybe even one from your town or city. So uh, feel free to tune in and uh, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on Connecticut's the CT Democrats podcast. Mm-hmm.